Hey, yo, what's good, man? It's your host, Cleve. Welcome to the Third Coast Podcast with my man. Joe, what it do, Gators? What it do, man? It's your host, Cleve. To the Third Coast Podcast with your host Cleve and my main man Gator. What it do? What it do, Gators? Man, how was your weekend? Oh, dude, uh, went and uh, explored the wonders of the fair. Uh, we went to the Cachada Fair in Kinder, and let me tell you, games are still rigged out there. Everybody, um, a lot of people might not know, but I do have like a. Some days is better than others, but, you know, I have a job where I lift a lot of weight, (laughs) to say the least, and I did the sledgehammer sledgehammer to hit the bell right. I seen it. uh, I was crying. (laughs) I hit, I'm talking about I was swinging that thing. This young dude's like, yeah, just go up there and bend at the knees and swing it. I'm looking at him, I'm twice his size and stuff, and I was really swinging that that hammer. And it went bloop halfway up. I that was, like, was it. Ain't no, no fucking way. I was like, this man pulled logs. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. Not, not always, but yeah, man. Like, I, I know you got some street back of you. It is yeah. like, I was looking at the thing and said, oh no. Like, at the 12, it's yeah. like. It's like, oh no, oh no! I was, and I was crying, <laughs> laughing, and then I see you really give it so, and it was like, oh my! <laughs> <laughs> hey, that—that's the way. That—that's just the way the carnival game goes, and the kids are getting at the age now. Like I brought them out there, and Alyssa had a lot more fun than the boys did. But uh, the Nicholas took on the tall task and rolled the. Uh, the zero gravity, the thing that just free yeah, spins. Right. Fuck all that. Because, I don't know. I What did he have to say about it when he got off? He said, I'm not doing that again. And that was about it. We had ate some food and left. But it, it's been a good weekend, you know, hang out with the Bambinos. And, you know, they're getting older. Charles right. will be 14 this month. So, only got a little bit of time left before they realize they can go do stuff without me being around. So, right. It was good. How was your weekend, homie? Uh, my weekend was pretty good. My daughter actually just had a birthday pass uh, October 6th. Yeah, she just made nine. Like, I didn't get her this weekend, unfortunately. But um, she did, her mom did a good job with her birthday, and she took her out. And in the course of, you know, the time being, I was busy. I was with work and all of that. But um, aside from that, you know, I did get a lot accomplished this weekend. Uh, I've actually been picking up into some hobbies from the past, so hopefully, you know, I'll be able to display some of that in the near future. But, yeah, like I picked up the guitar again. That's good. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's just like I, I pick it up every now and again. I don't um, spend much time with it as I used to when I was actively pay- uh, playing in the band, but I've come to find myself like reoccurring to find new patterns and wanting to try like new sounds new things and explore my range and you know even at work like I'll scat some of the sounds out so I could come home later play it produce it into a sound and uh, 
that's what made me think about hitting up Zane. You know, uh, yeah. shout out Zane. I don't know if you still be checking out the episodes or not, but we, uh, we still love you, Zane. We still love you, La- Lafayette, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Lafayette. Yeah, yeah Lafayette. And I've been thinking about hitting Zane up to get with him about recording some of these ideas and haven't even told Jacoby about it. It's like, matter of fact, my first mentioning it here. So you guys will be the first to know that I'll be picking up on that probably by, hopefully by the beginning of 2024, I'll have a song written. Oh, that's what's up. Because like, I want to get back into writing again, you know, and I feel like, you know, I have a lot of time that I could disperse towards it. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, speaking of getting in the music next week, oh, well, actually tomorrow, I got alumni band practice number two, and these people did not tell me that homecoming, we got to perform Friday. Oh, snap. I got like four songs I got to learn. By, well, I know one, obvious, Warrior Fever, but I got like three songs I got to learn by Friday and go out there and perform, which, you know, I, I used to do it way back when, but it's still kind of, I don't know, I got a little bit of butterflies about going out there and doing right. that again. Man, that's when you take the butterflies and flute it out in that trombone, <laughs> buddy. I'm about to say, I, I thought you were about to say I played the flute. I was oh, like, no, ooh, nah, no. Negative. No, I wouldn't dare put that on your <laughs> They uh what's kinda it's kinda sad, they don't have a sousaphone. When I was in marching band they had three in there, but now they don't have none and Jermaine was gonna come out and play, but he don't wanna play quads, he wanted to play the sousaphone. And he was fucking good yeah, at it. I play good. I can play it too. And I was gonna play it with him. But I gotta play the trombone, which is still fine, but it would have been cool. Like, sousaphone is a cool instrument to play. And for the listeners out there, if y'all don't know what a sousaphone is, it is the marching. Damn, my brain froze. The marching uh, goddamn tuba. Ah, ah, brain work. There we go. I got quiet for I, I edited That's that my out, fault possibly. I, I don't know, know what my brain just went silent for a second. It was like, where's it at? Where's it at? And it was it's the marching tuba. But uh the usually the tuba is real big and you sit with it and it has the three valves on it and right. it plays like the baritone or the trumpet or whatever. But the sousaphone, you get it like right in the chest, but it just produces such a loud bass sound. It's like the if you have a sub in your car. That's what a sousaphone is in the marching band, basically. It's just like a sub behind yeah. the tuba. Yeah, you put, you get the, you know, get, you know, the percussion area, the drums going, the uh, bass, the bass drums, especially if you got like the different levels, like the small, the medium, and the large bass drums, and then you got that sousaphone. That's what makes marching band. But I digress. Uh, big shout out to Kobai on the Salty Waters by Michigan or some shit. He said or Rhode Island. I think he said Rhode Island or something like that. Yeah, he's out there. Uh, Don't quote me on that, you guys. <laughs> I'm I'm freezing up over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a uh, big shout out, Koba. Uh, he's p- supposed to come back in maybe next week, week after, and we I have him back the on the show. After. So that'd be be nice to see his Kohoba. Uh, be nice to see him. Yeah. But uh, uh, hope the listeners out there enjoyed our four interviews from FET. We ran into a lot of complications, uh, cancellations, time delays, and the heat. 
actually was a big factor while we lost a lot of our video content. But overall, my personal view of it was it was a very fun, eventful, connect, very connective year. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely enjoy fit. Like even like within okay, so within the show, like just the different interviews, we we did get some pretty solid interviews. Oh, yeah. There were a few mild complications, but the, that's just snake. With the, yeah, with the snake. But aside from that, you know, even even with that being in the picture, you know, you run into those type of problems, and I feel like our listeners understand like when there are complications with uh, the different variables at play. You know, with new people, new guests, the content, the picture, the whole graph of it. You know, you do have viewers out there, I'm pretty sure, that value that. And then you just have just the base listeners that just want to hear the information. It's like, okay, what you guys talking about? It's like, is it anything relative? And, you know, once they gather that information, they're on with their day. But um, with FET, it's... uh. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed myself, like, the entire weekend. Like, I had fun. I had a good time, like, you know, meeting the people and, you know, just the whole experience of it all. It's like I, I never really got to fully enjoy it as much as I did with you this year. So, you know, shouts out to that. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. The comedy shows was good. Uh, just uh, if you ever want to go on open mic, just – Try to stay away from certain questions or certain <laughs> topics. If nah. you can't deliver it, then don't try to send it. <laughs> no, nah, if anything, yeah, we all we all <laughs> think that um, performance is progress. You know, if you're bold enough to to say it, you know, if you're brave enough to do it, by all means, have the courage. You know, but don't be a fool up there. You know, just be mindful of the, you know, of the opportunity at hand. Like if there's a, a a good thing ahead of you. Present it, deliver it. I don't know. Stand by that. I hope uh, for the people that did come see us in the artist section, we do have a few stories that we could tell. I, I could tell right quick to the listeners that uh, it's a little uh, little background of what was happening at FET. So when we were at FET recording, we set up in the artist area this year. Uh, the artist vendor area this year trying a new spot out to see you know to fill out the area and stuff and we got there we set up and we actually set up across from Kylie the uh, hardest y'all make sure y'all go check her out on Instagram Facebook and all that beautiful stuff but she was set up across from us and the clean out uh, if you don't know what a clean out it's like a plumbing thing for sewage and it had someone hit it and it ruptured so she had to move her tent so we helped her move her tent or whatever but we were setting up to do the Tristan Dufran interview and they had called the local plumbers out and as soon as we set up to do that interview they started running uh, a mechanical snake in the background right and fuck the audio all up excuse my french but messed the audio all up so very sad for that to happen but at least we got the audio out there. It ain't the greatest, but that's one of those things that kind of happened. If y'all listen to that episode, just want to give y'all a little insight to what happened. And then just in general, a festival, it was kind of loud there. So next year we're going to have to move around and find a little bit quieter spot. But the 
one of my favorite things about FET besides recording was going to get the fucking chili grilly with Ben Jones. Shout out Ben Jones. <laughs> yeah, shout uh, out Ben. TikTok at uh, Pawnee Pines. Instagram, Pawnee Pines. Check out our our buddy Ben Jones. But he was at the chili grilly with a pickle and boudin. Never thought in the world that that shit would taste good together. But it was, what's, what's the young kids say, bussin'? Was yeah, that shit was busting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's dope, bro. What was one of you, uh, one of your favorite things about Fet this year, Cleve? Um, but beside the Lost by You Ramblers, yeah, that, that, was, I, that was dope, man. Like I'm not even gonna. Oh, down. I was Probably right up in the, the middle of that. I shit. seen it, man. Like I, I just kind of wanted to admire it from a distance. I didn't want to get too thick into the crowd. You know, start that because you was trying to catch me dancing that night. I was like, man, nah, I'm not. No, gonna. I, I would. We would have went. Vi- See, that's the only thing like, we need. We need that viral. for TikTok. We need it. No, not not for everything. It's just something about TikTok that everybody likes dancing on that shit for some reason. Yeah, but y'all would have called I'm me Zaddy Cohen, but yeah. Besides uh, that, I like the comedy. Yeah, I like the comedy. Uh, big shout out, Chris True. Yeah, big shout out to Chris True. Um, just. Everything with the comedy hour, going there, sitting down, enjoying the theme. It's like, you know, it it kind of took me to New Orleans for a second when I was watching it. So it made me think about episode 200, how we was all set up. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, it just, uh, it, it definitely took me outside of the element that, you know, normally like when you go to a festival, you have a general graph of your location. I didn't feel like I was in Oakdale when I was watching that show, so... I think that was probably like my favorite part of uh yeah, of the Fed Devoid experience. You know, it's it's a lot of things, but that's just one of the main highlights that I like to, you know, put out there. And which is, you know, we'll bring it right up into it. Uh big shout out to Chris True for inviting us Third Coast Podcast on all major streaming platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok on five thousand dot com iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, Public Radio, um, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, all that nice jazz. Find us, listen, like, and subscribe. But Chris True has invited us to go down to New Orleans for a one-hour segment during Hell Yes Fest on the 17th of November. And yours truly, me and Cleve, We'll be going down to handle that business where we will be sitting down with six comedians in an hour segment and we were going to knock it out and we're very blessed and thankful. And this is the 10th annual Hell Yes Fest. It's the 10th year they've done it. And it kicks off Friday. It actually kicked off. It will kick off November. November the 13th. And I think that's a Friday too, but uh, at the Joy Theater, and uh, Troy Duplishan will be opening it. Uh, one of the comedians that was at Fet, which killed it, by the way. He right, uh, yeah, some his, great guys out there. <laughs> his, when he said that, uh, he just goes stands next to somebody that you know is smoking weed and just hope they yeah, pass it to him. Like <laughs> I was like that. that that he he is hilarious. Uh, 
I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's at Troy Duplishan on Instagram and at Facebook. So make sure y'all go check him out. He's a hilarious dude and a wonderful comedian and a wonderful person too. But yeah. So Cleve, I got a question for you. Okay, shoot it. Did you see what happened over New Iberia during the solar eclipse the night before the big old ring in the sky? I did not see what happened. Yeah. they're saying it was like a pre something this I don't have no notes on this but I uh recently saw this but it's like with everything that you know is being presented right now and then like over the night sky there's a big ring and some weird like figure floating by not a figure but like a ship like thing and then it disappeared out of the night Louisiana night sky with everything that's going on it's like brings me back to 210 you know makes me think is are they really coming? <laughs> is it really happening? Is the dimensions opening? The is the sea of information of aliens? It, are are you are you referring to a ship that was allegedly so, seen over the? Uh, so alleged, not allegedly, but I seen the video. Like people were recording, it was like this big, like circle, and okay. it was glowing in the sky, and then like there was a little like ship-like thing next to it for a little while and it was over uh new iberia southwest louisiana more south than us but it was glowing for a little bit then it disappeared and then like people have footage of it all over the place ufo shit you know yeah they said ufos are real now so like there was a real ufo sighting just recently and they're like hmm must be something from the solar eclipse and it was and like, no, that happens tomorrow. Off. That don't happen. Yeah, they, they brushed it off or something yeah. like that. Okay, um, yeah. So I'll show you the video at the show. Uh, y'all should check that. It's wild. Some Louisiana stuff happening. Hey, man, but that's awesome, though, because, I mean, you, myself, and Jacoby have been on a pretty wide-range topic of, like, the UFO activity and just how it correlates with the show and how it correlates with, like, our listeners and people just out there who just simply want to know the truth about, you know, what's really out there. And I just think that um, with more and more sightings, like we just need to be aware of like which ships are ours and what ships are the real ones because they have reverse engineered ships that could be used for propaganda because they have the knowledge allegedly. And it's not just us. There are others whose names won't be mentioned, you know, for the security of this podcast and for us to continue the episodes in this likeness. But I wonder one day if we're recording the show and they like pull in the door. Oh, it's Thurgo. That's the last word. (laughs) Thurgo's podcast. (laughs) Just getting like, you're spreading the truth or. The secondhand truth. Right, because, like, I mean, if it were that serious, then we would have had to have crossed the line and saying something that was more than, I guess, truthful. It would have to be offensive to someone. Someone would have to be really angry to be like, those guys got to go. Yeah, especially when, you know, you can just get on Google and find a lot of this information. Like the uh, NSA spy hubs, you can just Google them. And they'll tell you where all of them are at, you know? Right. It's just information. I think a lot of times I like to think we bring up information that people 
just are too lazy to find. And we're just like, hey, did you know this shit? Hey, <laughs> did you know what the government does here? And then it's not nothing that they couldn't actually find on their own. You know what I'm saying? It's just like we bring it to... I, it's a spark of interest. Yeah. It's just... There's there's so much good... that Knowledge is fucking crazy. Like, just when you start learning stuff and you start retaining it. I wish I would have done stuff like this when I was in school. <laughs> I'd be a history major somewhere right now. I but, feel like I did at some point, and then I just strayed away from it because nobody was interested. They just had too much going on in their lives. Like, man, fuck what you talking about, man. My bills, dude, boy. <laughs> Damn it, man. Speaking of information. Uh, yeah, we got... Uh, this is uh, something that has been recently brought up and brought to light, and... It's a real cool story, and it's cool, but it it sucks in the same time because of the time period and the way things transpired during that time and oppression and knowledge withheld because it was, lack of better terms, you know what I'm saying? It was just fucking pure racism at one point. Yeah, Yeah, systemic will be the lighter word of the racism that was given at this time but it's one of the many stories that are lost yes it needs to be brought to light i feel that um anyone who values information in the course of the way it shaped history yes would be open to listen you know i I strongly feel that uh you want me to start it off or uh yes and before that i would like to big shout out to uh dusky waters uh for the information about the banjo because i never knew that i never heard that yeah i never knew that either as far as uh, that lost that lost instrument like and me i play guitar you would think it's like me play instruments like you should very well know i just know about the depths of like jazz and the origins of it and how it was written and created but not to break it down even further into the instruments and that was some insightful information I never knew that about the banjo. Uh, make sure y'all check out that interview that's on YouTube and on all major streaming platforms. But, uh, yeah, Cleveland, my bad. I, I was just. <coughs> no, it's okay. Um, so in Pineville, L.A., when names like Orville and Wilbur Wright are mentioned, the beginning of aviation was often thought that follows, but history is changing and it may be time to introduce another name into the conversation. He's doing something that virtually no other person in world history did, and he did it here in Pineville, uh, said local historian Michael Wine. Meet Charles Frederick Page, a black man born into slavery that taught himself how to read and write, but more impressively, according to the local historian Michael Wine, patented the first airship. It's a story that's truly unbelievable and not only believe unbelievable that it happened, unbelievable it, it's being ignored until 2023. Wine has uncovered local newspaper articles and reports from 1904 recording the outstanding feat of flight by a black man and his airship. His research even further led him to find Charles F. Page's patented predates that of the Wrights brothers. I think Page deserves that whenever the Rice brothers are mentioned, Page should also be mentioned to some extent in our national history books. 
The innovative accomplishments of Paige are not only confirmed by historical record, but have lived on through family lore and Joseph Paige, Frederick's grandson, is glad that his accomplishments are finally being recognized. For our grandfather to be finally recognized for his contribution to aviation, it's a significant event, not just for our family, but also for central Louisiana. Okay, I'm going to stop right there just to say, like, you know, appreciation for an effort that's valued and we benefit from today. Congratulations to this man for discovering, you know, the beauty of the airship. And uh, it's a, you know, to kind of digress, I want to say, like, the automobile was another invention that was created by black by a black man, but uh, what was the guy's name? Henry Ford had got the patent to mass produce and manufacture it, but they kind of like put the guy on the back burner that created the automobile. And it's the same thing with this airship that I'm reading about, but regardless of how, you know, and this is just for people in 2023, regardless of how the information is received and at the time that it occurred, what took place for it to be discovered now, at least the information was brought to light. It may take some time, 10 years, 100 years, for the record, a 1,000 years when it comes to more sensitive topics, but topics of you know race and inventions and discoveries, it takes about 100 years for people to get comfortable with the idea that maybe what they believe isn't actually what they believed and it takes generations to make that change the same way that they discovered it <clears throat> but you had any thoughts no no i was okay. just saying it it's being heard at least the story is being heard now it sometimes you can't you can't get away from the past but at least it lived and it's being brought now and right. the maybe he's looking down somewhere and you know the light's shining and you know and is just for it's being passed on through generation and generation and finally this is the time where it can be brought to light and it can be accepted and it can be known and it will always be known after that right so it has a significance. It sucks, but at least it has significance. Like it's, it's like that final closure, you know. I guess that's how I look at it, and I know I can look at it in my own light. But, but I like that we can we can find stuff like this and we can talk about it. And this is cool. That that's great, you know. Like I'm glad that his family and they're getting recognized for that hard work. All right, but um. Even to add to that, the city of Pineville unveiled a historical landmark in honor of Frederick Page on the land that he and his family have owned since he purchased, purchased it over 100 years ago. Pineville Mayor Rich Dupree has known the Page family since the early 2000s for economic additions to the property, and now he shares the unveiling of history with them. We need to remember where we come from, and the history is unveiled today in a very special way in the city of Pineville, said Mayor Dupree. So it goes into the same light of information. You know, it's just as long as it's being presented and the people can notice information, 
history for Central Louisiana is changing, and Joseph Page hopes it changes elsewhere as well. But yeah, that's you know that's good that the city you know gave something back for the efforts that were given. Um, Want to say Joseph Page say you hear about the airplane, you immediately think about Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, and the Wright brothers, but you've never heard of Char Charles Frederick Page. Now Pineville has a historical marker honoring Charles Frederick Page for his innovation and contributions to the community of Pineville. As for the airship. Page patented in 1906. There is no surviving model because Page was sending his model to St. Louis for a world convention, and Wine said it was pre presumably destroyed. It was shipped and something happened, said Wine. Now, due to the Jim Crow prejudice of that time, we firmly believe that it was stolen and destroyed. After the, after the destruction of the airship, Page changed route due to the racial obstacles of the time and reportedly went about his life no longer pursuing aviation excellence but rather excellence for his community and family including future descendants like Daryl Davidson. It's very obvious that there were barriers and challenges that kept other people from making the f as far as even as he, well, I'm sorry, it's very obvious that there were barriers and challenges that kept other people from making it as far as even he did. Pineville's recognition of Page marked history for central Louisiana, but it is also a message people should remember about history. Something uh, you know, I may have shared with the group before is like I wanted to learn how to fly planes and I wanted to learn how to build planes. Like when I was in high school, like you know how they say like, what do you want to be whenever you grow up? It's a question for you. Uh, what do you? What did you want to be whenever you grew up when you were a kid? Uh, I always just wanted to be a cook. Actually, I just, like cooking. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to build planes. I wanted to build design planes. I wanted to try to figure out like what would make. What type of energy would be the most efficient? to make a plane, but I feel like that was too far out of my reach. And then sharing this, like, with, you know, it's like teachers have a, a special way of grading their students. So it's just like, I don't know, schooling and everything that was in play, I feel like a lot of that had a part to play in why I didn't, but a lot of it was my own efforts too. So didn't become a pilot, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you were a hell of a guitarist too and a hell of a friend. I appreciate it, bro. Um, yeah, if anything, yeah, passion takes creativity to, you know, greater planes. I believe that in every bit, you know, like anybody can inspire other people, no matter from what demographic, you know, it's just, uh, I feel like with information, it's like how we accept it. Yeah, sure. I feel like with information, like how we accept it, um, you know, shouts out to you because, you know, you... You playing in the band in high school. Oh, you're talking about uh, going yeah. back to do that? You were reminding me. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. like going back to Lizzie Burns. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, nah, real shit, though. It's like seeing you, Kobe D, and Russell playing the bounce. Like, man, shout uh, out, Ru oh, yeah, shout uh, out Russell. Oh, uh, shout out Russell. Shout out to the TCP Horde. We're going stronger, getting bigger. Uh, make sure that we are running uh, Meme of the Month. Make sure you post uh, your meme 
in the group for a chance to win a free TCP shirt. Uh, Misty, your package is on the way. I know you're going to listen to this. I'm so sorry that it's taken so long. She's been hitting me up like she's just wanting to wear one of our... I just want... Can I buy it? I'm like, no, I'm going to send it to you. Just send it to her, <laughs> I man. keep forgetting. I'm busy. Uh, big shout out to Lee Catherine out in Villeplatte. She's sending us some of her uh, koozies for Lee Cat Farms. I think that's what it's called. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But make sure y'all check her out. She's on Facebook and Instagram too, probably. Um, Cleve, I want to... Uh, talk about nasa right quick if that's okay go yeah, interstellar go so the first peak inside the nasa or uh orsiris rex capsule capsule is a glimpse back into time scientists finally began opening the rock sample from a near earth asteroid venue uh, nasa osiris captured a treasure trove of material from the solar system as uh, earlier days at long last, NASA's curation scientists have revealed that Osiris uh, uh, REX uh, has came back from an asteroid that is a million miles away. The seven-year mission scooped up a rock sample from uh, Bennu in 2020, then returned to Earth in September, parachuting down in the Utah desert. Scientists painfully staked and cleaned and shipped the capsule to Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. I wonder why it's called Johnson. Like Johnson and Johnson? To correct you, it's 100 million miles away. Oh, what did I say? One million. Oh, 100 million miles away. That's, My bad, listeners. That's a whole lot of miles. <laughs> that's a whole lot of traveling. Okay, so uh, the capsule to space... Uh, Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas, Oof. making uh, sure none of the rocks were contaminated by exposure to oxygen, moisture, or earthly bacteria. And they are now analyzing this precious con- uh, cargo. NASA staged a public reveal in front of a small audience of, reporter- of reporters, policymakers, and students from a local districts and streamed it live on NASA TV and the agency website, determining the specific, uh, scientific story of these space rocks. Where did uh, Brunu come from? Does it contain organic molecules or rare metals? And what's their origin? And now can be standing at the podium on stage before a live screen nasa administrator bill nelson stepped up and revealed seven years almost four billion miles of journey throughout the solar system the asteroid venue and back uh back began he said recapping the mission for the audience three weeks ago he can uh continue the sample return landed in utah right on the money it was a picture-perfect mission and it's a feat of engineering, and it's NASA's first ever sample from an asteroid. I'm gonna stop right there. Uh, so it's a lot of money, first off, a lot of engineering. But they they landed on an asteroid, collected a fucking sample from an asteroid. Apologize for my bad reading, everybody, and uh, they brought that bitch back. 
and landed it perfectly in the desert and in preserved Utah, it. Yeah. Of all places. But you know what I'm saying? Just they landed on an asteroid, collected an asteroid sample, and flew it back to the Earth. What the fuck Man, is that? That's crazy. The shit that we've been watching is no surprise to me that they have mastered like the way that they can collect these samples. Like if Mars was the first experiment. You know, for us to go to Mars, collect a sample, come back, we've done that. So now that we've reached Mars, our next step is to reach asteroids. But to go 100 million miles, which is more, pretty sure, probably beyond our asteroid belt. Oh, yeah. Easily. Um, just that amount of distance, like just to give uh, the listeners like an idea of like that distance outside of our solar system and then come back into our solar system successfully in Utah. Of all places. An asteroid traveling in through space and time. Perfectly. They landed perfectly on it, collected a rock sample while it's moving. So they they landed on a fast-moving object in space, collected a rock sample, launched off of it, and came all the way back to Earth and landed it perfectly. That is so... It, what it, kind it, of math would you what, need? What, it just blows my... Because it's moving through everything. We're moving through space. The asteroids move through space. The fucking drone or whatever the fuck they send up there to collect the samples move through space. It landed on it and came back like it was fucking nothing. That is... It it blows my fucking mind how crazy that is. It's what you call a coldly calculated design. But, uh... So, so are you ready to see the results of the mission? Take a peek. As the audience cheered the video uh, outside the main sample container, NASA uh, first analyst shows uh, they contain water and hydrated clay materials as well as carbon and organic molecules, he said. This carbon is 4.7% of the sample by weight. The carbon and the water molecules are exactly the kind of materials that you want to find, Nelson said. They are crucial elements in the formation of our own planet, and they are going to help us determine the origin that helped lead to life. They found fucking water on an asteroid traveling through space. What the holy fuck? That's crazy. Which is still no surprise because, like, even with the gases that are emitting through space, they release forms of hydrogen and oxygen on different compound levels, like, so much so that, like, we could see the streak of it leaving the asteroid as it's traveling through space. It's what produces a fallen star almost. It's like it's the water that's in the uh, rock in itself. But to say that there's water coming from a solid object from deep space, you know, from what reaches. And I'm pretty sure that's what they're trying to figure out because they know about suns and gases, but what's creating these rocks in the water. Well, and that makes me think, too, when I I hear that, you know, that that asteroid contained water and crucial life-building elements. What happens if... You know, some of the asteroids that hit in, you know, the early stages of the Earth formation were them type of asteroids, which, you know, created water because they were getting, because at one point in time before, you know, way, way, way back before dinosaurs and stuff. Earth was getting pelted with asteroids. Yeah. And yeah, that ideally that would be the idea 
what forms a planet because all these masses of materials combining, you know, it takes a lot of rocks. It's the uh, it reason why we have so much destruction <laughs> to make something. Yeah, it's the reason we have plate tectonics. All plate tectonics yeah. are just a large mass of rocks held together tightly by a gravitational force. It's basically what it is. It's like the the earth isn't just one solid rock. It's just like a mold of broken rocks yep. sliding over, you know, a, a magnetic field. And they're trying and science is trying to discover what draws these materials into these magnetic fields. I would feel that maybe black holes or failed experiments trying to produce a magnetic field where it collapsed on itself, but maybe by a different civilization, who knows? That maybe they're trying it with a star to reduce its mass to draw rocks to it. I don't know, it's just science, like quantum physics, it goes way the fuck out there. Oh, yeah. It, it just, you know, it's like science is a, it's a gift and a curse. Because yep. <laughs> in the wrong hands, man, you can, could literally blow the planet up. But in the in the right hands, where a future thrives to survive, in the means of benefiting all mankind—not just yourself, but all mankind—I think it could work. We have the science to do it, yeah. and like clearly, what you just read proves that if we have the math to go a hundred million miles on a moving object, land, and come back with no contaminations in the most, I'm going to stop right there, in Utah, of all places. <laughs> and then the 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 thing of when I, I read this, it's great. Like, that's so great. Why can't we do that here? Why can't we do that, you know? Why you can't know, this well, level of information it, be shared with all people to where we can do it collectively? The, the the innovation, the innovation to make that happen. Why can't that happen for everybody on the earth to have clean drinking water? Right. You can find it a fucking 100 million miles away. But you can't find, find it, it two miles. You can't find it on the earth. You can't find it while people don't die. Dis- thousands of people don't die of dysentery every year. But uh, we'll take a break. Yeah, we got to take a quick five. <laughs> All right, and we back on the Third Coast Podcast. And um, yeah, for the end of the episode, we normally close off on uh, words of wisdom. Yeah. How you feeling, Gator? Uh, you have any words of wisdom for the public? If you're on the waterways and you know there's a gator lurking, nah, <laughs> I'm playing. I guess, <clears throat> I guess, oh, golly, I guess my words of wisdom uh, for everybody out there on all major streaming platforms is to love one another. Because there's a lot of violence and hate going on in the world out there. And I think a a whole bunch of love will go a long way. And Cleve, your words of wisdom to the listeners? Not to get spiritual, but um, pray for peace. You know, where there's love, there's peace. There's tranquility. 
and we're at peace. You know, a lot of the time we have to find that on our own, uh, collectively with our families. When we're trying to provide for one another, we want people to be comfortable, even if it's tough times, conditions, things that go beyond the measures of um, stressful living, whereas you're working every day or obligations seem to stress you out or become over-exceeding. Always find peace throughout the day to gather your thoughts, gather your mind, gather your conscience, and always do what's good, always do what's right. And that's about all I got for the words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into <laughs> Artists of the Week, born in the Midwest and based in Minnesota, Colet found a love for creating music at the age of six, drawing inspiration from folk lyrics, cinematic scores, and big army I'm sorry, and big R and B harmonies. Colet recently began recording and publishing music out of his basement studio in Minneapolis, often arranged with visuals from his professional work in architecture. His music is influenced by Bob Dylan, Hans Zimmer, and Brent Fias. And the song you're about to hear is Mountains by Kole and this was a great episode, Cleve. Hell yeah. of a show. Hell of a show. Thank you for having me. It's always a uh, an honor to be standing shoulder to shoulder with Third Coast Podcast. And, but, uh, but for Third Coast Podcast, I'm Joe. What it do, Gators? Cleve. And it's Cleve, and we out.